Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Everybody, can we put our hands together and help me welcome everybody who's watching online? Listen, I love all of you who are watching online. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but you don't get Little Debbie Cakes online, okay? Who didn't get one? I mean, somebody just say, I didn't get a Little Debbie Cake. Somebody, somebody. You just better be ready. Over here to my right. Come on, come right here. Come on, right over here, right over here, right here. Come on, come on, look. Come on, listen, you got to be ready around here. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's about to happen at Cultivate Church, so be ready. As a matter of fact, I saw somebody in the back duck because I hit them in the head like a couple months ago, whatever snack cake there was, I got you. See, I got, I've got contacts in today, though, so I can see. I want y'all to know. So stay awake, because I'm watching, okay? Usually I'm blind up here, but I can see today. Hey, I'm so pumped. Grab and grab your message notes out of uh, your worship guide for today. We're kicking off a new series called Once Upon a Christmas. And uh, this series is coming from this hope out of Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. that says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son. His son is named Jesus, if you didn't know. Born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy our freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. What does that mean? Is That means all of us in here today, regardless of where we've been, what we've done, where we stand today, you may think, oh man, if you knew my life, you wouldn't think God loved me at all. Well, God loves you especially, even in the middle of your stuff. God's patient with me every day, and in spite of myself, God still loves me. And that's the beauty of what we're talking about this month as we go into this series, Once Upon a Christmas. And I know this, that as we dive into the Christmas season, some of you are so excited, you can't stand yourself. I mean, you are so pumped. You've been putting up Christmas trees and singing Christmas songs since November rolled around. As soon as we said, that's it for Halloween, you drug out the Christmas tree. You're ready to go. Some of us around here are not feeling that. You got a little Christmas slumber. You you know what I'm talking about? When you're like, "Well, well, I'll feel better tomorrow about Christmas, and it just never comes. You got those things that just come along with the baggage of Christmas. And I know that it's different for all of us. And so this month, we're just talking through some of the emotions and some of the things that we face, that roller coaster ride of emotions during the Christmas season. And I titled your message today, Christmas Remembered. And I want to look through the lens of Mary, because Mary did something that I think is really important for all of us. Mary took time to remember. I put it on your outline in Luke chapter 2, verse 19. It says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. All the stuff that was happening in the life of Mary as it was revolving around Jesus and the miracle that God was bringing, all the people that were saying all the great things that Jesus was going to do, all the prophecies that were taking place and the the star in the sky and the wise men and the shepherds and all the stuff that's happening, angels, Mary just stepped back a second and the Bible says she she just remembered them. She pondered them in her heart. And today, that's what I want us to do. I want us to take just a step back from this Christmas season and just remember, just to reflect on some truths that I think God wants to bring to us today, because I know that this season can be difficult. I've been thinking a lot about Christmas as we roll around and and all the things that Christmas bring. And for me growing up, Christmas was a big deal. Like we did Christmas big. My dad loved Christmas. My dad passed in 2010. So I miss my dad at this Christmas season. I always think of, he was always the first one up in the morning. You know, my parents were up late, you know, cleaning up after Santa showed up, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so they were, 
different, you know, but still, first thing up in the morning, excited about Christmas, my dad would have a big coffee cup, you know, just chugging down that caffeine for the day that was ahead. It was always a big deal. I'll never forget, I've shared this story many times, my dad almost went to jail over a Nintendo 64 one year. The year that they were released, my dad was intent, he was going to walk away with a Nintendo 64. Now, he didn't start it, but he was going to finish it, okay? I'm just telling you how it went down. And so that was a huge deal, big memory of mine over Christmas. And then I can think about getting married and then Christmas started shifting a little bit. Then suddenly you had to decide, am I going to go to my family or your family or what time or where, how are we going to divide this out? And then your family gets a little bit bigger. And then you thought your family was strange. And then you, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm not talking about, I said your, I didn't say mine on that one. Usually I'm relating, not here. Uh, but you, you, you meet the others, and then you kind of mix in your families together, and you're kind of melting your own traditions. And then, if you have kids, man, that changes everything. I've got a little boy that's three, and Christmas is just becoming so much fun. My son's already in this thing. Every year that we've gone to see Santa, he's cried. And so he knows nothing of it. He doesn't remember, but he can see the pictures. And so he's been giving himself a pep talk since we've been getting into Christmas season. He said, uh, Dad, I cried last year when we saw Santa, didn't I? I said, yeah, buddy, you did like a big baby. He said, I'm not going to cry this year, dad. I'm going to go see Santa. I'm not going to cry. He's already given himself a pep talk. We will probably have a meltdown, but we're pepping ourselves as we enter to this season. And I just think, just stop just to remember this Christmas season. But also, as I told you, I I think about it in a lot of other things. I lost my dad. Uh, My uncle passed away several years ago in the holiday season, and my cousin a few years ago in the holiday season. There's a lot of loss that's in, uh, in this time of year. And I believe that the enemy knows exactly what he's doing to get us in this mode of depression. Uh, depression is higher this time of year when we should be celebrating. People are taking more over-the-counter medications this time of the year when we should be celebrating. There's lots of things that happen. And the devil knows just when to do it. Some of my most catastrophic moments personally in my life took place during the Christmas season. If I had time, I could share it with you. But the Lord, the Lord knows what he's doing, and so does the enemy. You can cut on the radio, and I love some Elvis Christmas uh, have a blue Christmas without you. You want some more? I'll be so... No, I'm just kidding. So, but that's in the moment when you said, God, I need some help today. I can't do this anymore. Jesus, I need to hear from you. I'm going to listen to some holiday music and, and, and lift my spirits. I'll have a blue... Yeah, I mean, you know, you had those moments. And you go, I can't do this anymore. I can't enter. I can't do this one more time. I can't entertain it. So today, here's what I want us to do. I want us to do exactly what Mary did. I want us to stop a second, and I want us to reflect. I want us to remember. And we're going to talk about some very real uh, pains that Mary had to walk through in her experience of where Christmas began. And then I want to get some hope at the end of this day of what really God wants us to have ultimately in this season. Because I believe it can be a season like never before. Because listen, It's not just about me, it's about somebody else. Somebody's watching my life. Somebody's watching the joy that God can bring through my circumstances so that other people can see that Jesus really did come and he really did bring hope to this world. So I want us to pray, prepare our heart today. Can we do that? Father, what a great day. Thank you for every person watching online, listening by podcast in this room. Father, I thank you for all the people that would gather at both campuses today. Five different times we'll come into this place giving you an opportunity 
to do something in our lives. And so you've got freedom over these next few moments to speak to our hearts and to do something special in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you have experienced a crummy Christmas before, and here are three attributes to a crummy Christmas that really the devil hopes to bring to our life and what he would hope to see us have in a Christmas slump. And I'll give you three things that Mary faced, and the first one is this. She faced anxieties. Now, I know you don't know what that is. Nobody in here has got any kind of anxiety over anything. Your heart doesn't race over anything when it comes to Christmas or this season, but Mary did. Uh, An angel came to her and gave her some news. Maybe you've heard this story before. I don't know. But the angel came to Mary and said, hey, to a virgin girl, a little teenager, you're going to be pregnant. That's pretty shocking right there. But not only are you going to be pregnant, and uh, we'll explain that later, Mary, but it's going to be the Son of God. It's going to be Jesus. Now, many of us would think in the church world, we would say, well, praise the Lord, God. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. That's good news. I'm just thrilled that you would pick little old me. But no, the Bible says, she said, confused and disturbed. And I underline that in my Bible. Because Mary thought, you know, you, you would think Mary was, was excited about this news or was looking forward to it, but no, Mary immediately is confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could, be, could mean. Surely not me, not what you're saying. That does not make sense. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Many of us are entering, entering into this season, into this great hope, that God wants to bring to us, but it's so full of anxiety that we can't see it. We can't understand it. We can think about even the things that are represented in Christmas and it gives us anxiety. Uh, Presents. Many people love that, you know, you're already wrapping. You can't wait to unwrap some presents, but then there are some. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with the present. How many of you are already practicing your, your present face? Oh, I love it. I've, oh, I've always wanted some socks like this. Yesterday, we were at a birthday party for uh, Asher's little cousin, and, and his little cousin was opening up birthday uh, presents, and Asher was going, wow, dad, that's a book. And I was like, buddy, they're not even yours, but you're already in this thing. You got it. Some of us are practicing that for all season long. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hate this. You know, like you came into church today. First of all, let's just be real. You didn't want to be here. Somebody in here, you didn't want to be here, but you got up and you came. And then there was somebody smiling at the front door and you said, here we go. They're already smiling in my face. Good morning. I'm glad to see you. Glad to see you too. Okay, I made it to the front door. And then there's confetti flying everywhere. Get your picture made. Come on, let's smile. And you're like, I, can I go home? I didn't want to do this. It's the practice, the Christmas face that you've got. You're already, there's anxiety that's with it. What about parties all the parties you'll go to, let's go have a good time. I like to say it this way. Some of us will leave our loved ones to go spend time with our family. I'm talking about it's that pressure that I got to be with those people again, that I have to be in that room, that I have to face that awkward relationship. Food, some of you are vegans and noodle-only people. I don't know what the latest diet craze is, but you've done good all year. But now you're not going to eat my apple pie. You're not going to eat that pumpkin pie? I made all this dressing for you. Somebody told me this morning, they said, for six of us in our family, we had six pies. Everybody had a pie to themselves. You get this anxiety of, I've been doing good, and now i got to face and eat all this food. Shopping. Some of you excited about shopping. Black Friday was a big deal. Come on, you had elbow pads, a helmet. You didn't practice a lot of different. You had strategized. You didn't walked in Walmart the week before just to strategize where you were going to go. You had the aisles marked. 
But then some of us are thinking, but I don't have the money. How am I going to? I don't even have the money to do what I need to do just to live this month, much less hurt somebody's feelings over gifts and having to supply this anxiety. And then the calendar, the Christmas calendar is the busiest time of the year. How am I going to fit one more thing into the stuff I've already got to do? That's the reality that most of us are living in this season. But all along, we're going, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But on the inside, our hearts are churning. Our stomach is upset because of the anxiety that comes with it. Mary knew that. Also, Mary knew, number two, the aches that came with it. Christmas can be painful. Listen to this. Jesus' father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. Lots of people were saying the amazing things that Jesus would do. Then, I think this is important, then, that shifts the gears a little bit. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned. That's not good news. And many others will be saved. He will be a sign that will expose the thoughts of those who reject him. And then Mary, hey mom, I got something I need to tell you. And a sword will pierce your heart. In other words, Mary, this is not going to be easy. I want you to understand we are celebrating Jesus. He is the hope of the world. You have experienced a miracle. He is going to do some amazing things, but it is not going to be pain-free. You are going to feel like a sword is just piercing your heart. Holidays just have this way to highlight our pains. Holidays just have this way to magnify everything that is hurt in our life. Those who we don't have anymore. I shared with you, I've lost a lot of family at the holiday season. We miss them more during the holidays than any other time of the year. Many of us are thinking about uh, those who are, who are gone or the difficult relationships that we have right now or our outlaws, our in-laws, our exes, our O's, all the things that make it difficult to navigate. All these aches and pains that you can begin to just stop and reflect on that you feel like you're running from. They're highlighted during this time of year, and it can make it difficult. And so here's what we believe around here, and, and I say this all the time, that really isolation is the enemy's playground. And so he knows that if he can isolate me in the middle of all my hurts and all my aches and all the stuff that comes with it, he can win. He can take my attention off of the miracle that's happening around me. So we understand that there's anxieties and there's aches. And then number three, there's adjustments that come during the holiday season. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth. There, the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. We all understand that there's adjustments that happen in our lives in the holidays. And I can imagine being the parents of Jesus and, you know, you, you've literally, you've, you've raised this child and you've watched him grow up. And, and I think about this as I watch kids getting older and I think about it through the lens of a parent. Like right now, Asher's sweet and then someday he'll be a teenager and he'll be sour. You know what I'm saying? They're first, they're, they're, they're sweet and then they're sour. And I think about that day that's coming. And you know Jesus slams some doors. You know he slams some bedroom doors. Mom, I don't want to be here anymore. You know what I'm saying? Jesus had those days. He never sinned, but he slammed some doors. I believe it. 
And I believe that they watched this change happen in him. And then I watched, I believe they watched him get older. And Mary understood that as he got older, he was one step closer to his purpose. And his entire purpose was to give his life so that you and I could find freedom from our sin. And as a mother, she's watching her son and she's going, we're one year closer. We are one step closer, and she's having to adjust through this life because of what's about to come. Some of us have lost people, and we're adjusting to that. Some of us have strain in our life, and we're adjusting to that. Some of us are facing things that maybe through a divorce or maybe through some difficulty that we've never had to face before, and Christmas season just reminds us of all the adjustments that are taking place in our life. Christmas can be a difficult season. So why are we talking about it? We're talking about it because two things. Number one, it's where our lives really are. It's reality for many, many people. And then number two, because we expose what the enemy is doing, it gives an opportunity for God to show up and do something incredible. And I believe that today you got out of bed and you got yourself ready and you showed up to church because you need to see God do something that only God can do. And so I believe that today, if we just be honest with ourselves and say, God, that's where I'm at. I'm struggling. I got some issues today. And God, before I face this season, one more year, I want it to be different than any other year yet. So I want you to flip your outline over and I want to show you how to make some memories. This is the hope for this season. This is the beginning of this process for you all the rest of this Christmas season. Three things to know as we navigate all of the things we've just talked about. And the first is this, is that he is close. He is close. Listen to this. Gabriel, the angel, appeared to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is what? He's with you. Underline that. He is with you. I love this because it's literally the reminder to say, Mary, I know you're afraid. I know you are freaked out. Now, I love that because, you know, you think about Mary in that instance and, you know, you think Mary's like, oh, this is awesome. There's an angel here. No, Mary is freaked out. The angel actually said, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Why was she afraid? Because she was talking to an angel. If an angel shows up, I love God. But if an angel shows up at my house tonight, I am freaked out. I'm just going to let you know. I've never seen an angel come and talk to me. I'm freaked out. That's just real talk. Now, you can be all holy, okay? You may just dine with angels, but I've never. So I would be freaked out, just like Mary. And as Mary's sitting here going, what in the world is happening? Don't worry, Mary. I want you to know that the Lord is is close. I think every one of us, as Mary pondered these things in her heart, I believe every time that she was going through anxiety, and I believe every time that she was navigating those emotions and those feelings, I believe that's exactly why the Bible said she just pondered these things in her heart and just remembered that God said, I'm close to you. Jesus would be called what? Emmanuel. What does that mean? It means God with us. God has always, from the beginning of time, intended to be close to us. In creation, with Adam and Eve, he was close. He was so close that even though Adam and Eve were hiding, God said, where are you? They were so close to God that they felt the need to hide when they had done something wrong. 
God was talking to them. As sin separated and that closeness to God began to disappear because of our sin, God sent his son into this world as the son of God in flesh and bone, Emmanuel, God with us, so that he could be what? Close to us. And then Jesus said something crazy. He said, hey guys, I want to let you know, I'm going to be taking a trip in a, in a few weeks and I'm packing all my bags and I'm not coming back. And they're all freaked out. What are you talking about? He said, well, as a matter of fact, it's better if I go away because if I go away, then the Holy Spirit will come. One will come that will enable you to do things that even I cannot do. He will be with you everywhere you go. Jesus couldn't be everywhere. Jesus could only be where he was. If Jesus was here, he could not be over there. But today, because of the Holy Spirit, he is with us in this room. He is at Alabaster today, working over there. He is everywhere we are because he is personal. That's the great hope that no matter what you're navigating, if you you feel like you're on an island to yourself, if you feel like you're all alone, if you feel like it's just you and your world caving in, he is close. And I don't know if that means anything to you, but that brings great hope to me because there are days that I feel like I am alone. There are days that I feel like I do not want to do it one more day. But I recognize that greater is he, what? Living where? in me than he who is where? In the world. We have the great hope of the world, the very presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit living with us. And then number two, here's a great way to make holiday memories, is to know that he's capable. Not only is he close, but he is very capable. Guess what? You can't do everything. I can't do everything. And I am not responsible for the things that I cannot do. Can you just go ahead and just let that sink and settle on your life today? You are not responsible for what you cannot do. You can't fix everything. You cannot change everything. You cannot control everything and everybody no matter how much you try. But there is one who can that is capable of doing it, of fixing it, of working it, of making it, the one who has it all, and his name is Jesus. Listen, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of what? The Most High will what? Overshadow you. Underline that statement, undershadow you, overshadow you. I love this because Mary, the first thing she asks is, hey, that's, that's, that's a cool idea. I am kind of freaked out right now, kind of, you know, Flattered at the same time, an angel came to talk to me. Uh, that's kind of cool, but um, I think you got this wrong because I don't want to dive too deep. But um, uh, I don't know if you know how babies um, get here. One plus one equals two. And, and so you have to have one and you have to add one to get two. Well, we haven't done any addition in our household, if you know what I mean. You got me? So I don't even know what you're talking about, angel, because that's, that's not going to work. And then the angel says, well, look, we got a plan. See, the Holy Spirit can do what you can't do. The Holy Spirit can do things that don't seem to make sense. So you're looking for something to make sense, but God's looking to make a miracle. When we're looking to make things make sense, God is looking to make a miracle. And literally, Mary listens to this angel and says, okay, if it's on God, her response, if you continue reading, says, whatever you say, God, 
Let it be so. Just as you said, let it be. It was literally her response that enabled God to have room to perform miracles. And so I'm asking us today, would our response be Mary's response? God is capable of changing our circumstances. He is. God is capable. God can overshadow our obstacles. When God comes in, God's got this way of doing things that you and I can't do. And I think that ought to give us great hope today because if I could do what God could do, he wouldn't be much of a God. But today, because he can do what I can't and that he can show up and perform miracles where you need them, that is God being God. He is close. God is capable. He has the ability. So right now, you just stop and think. As Mary did to stop and reflect, what is it that you would say to him today? What is it that you would identify in your life that you'd say, God, I need this. God, I need you to be capable in this area. God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to do this. And then number three, this is important. He is constant. He's constant. I love this in Luke 1 and 37. All of this is out of the great story of the birth of Jesus. For the word of God will never, underline that word never, that means never. Never. The word of God will never fail. It means if I said it, I'll do it. And if I've done it before, I'll do it again. And the Bible teaches us that he has no favorites. Now, I thought it might be me sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. I feel like, you know, I might have a little twinkle, you know, from him. And you feel that way sometimes too. And then you feel like sometimes you made him mad. He don't even remember your name. But he's constant. He is constantly consistent. He's constantly caring. He is constantly close. And he is constantly able to do what only he can do. You know, consistency is a great, it's a great measuring tool. You know if somebody's trustworthy if they show up every time they're supposed to show up, don't you? Consistency tells you a lot about a person. If they're always where they're supposed to be, if they're always on time, if they're able to be counted on, if you have an employee that may not even be the sharpest knife in the drawer or the brightest bulb, but they'll at least show up, you can do a lot more with that than the brightest one that never burns. You know what I'm talking about? Because they're constant. It opens a door. When I look at the, at the, at the, the track record of God, when I stop, like Mary, and just reflect and just remember and just look back, I go, God, you've always been there. You have always showed up. Being consistent, it's a, it's a great way to maintain the message that's spoken. Because people watch what we do more than what? What we say. The Bible says a lot, but some people go, well, that's just the Bible. That's old. What's that got to do with me? Well, you think about what was said, and then you watch what he does. And even though he said it, he shows up and he does it every single time. God is constant. So my question for us today is, if God is close as he says he is, will you give him an opportunity to be close in your life? I think we ought to just pull back from our problems just a little bit so that we can push into his presence. If you're struggling with getting close to God and in his presence, it may just be because we're so wrapped up in the middle of our problems. 
And what if for this season, we just pull back as Mary did, pull away from our problems and just push into his presence just a little bit and let God be close? And then would we give God an opportunity to be consistent in our life so that we understand the capabilities that he brings? And so today, in this moment, this was our heart, to just peel back the layers of what many of us are truthfully walking through this holiday season and just confront it head on and say, not this year, not this season, not 2019. We're going we're gonna to stop it today and we're going to give God all the freedom and all the room to do whatever it is that he desires to do. And so I'd like you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're our guest, we're not doing anything funny or weird. Nobody's coming to get you. Our band's going to come back and play but I just want to pray for us. I want to take just a moment and I want to pray for you. For those of you watching online or listening by podcast right now, this is a great moment just to stop where you are. And let's just take a second and focus. It's not by chance that that God has brought us this word today. He knew. He knew we needed it. He knew you needed it. And there's two things that I want to pray for very simply. And the first one is this. You may be in this room today and you may be saying, you know what? I've been trying it every possible way within myself. I've tried to fix the relationships. I've tried to to give to people and buy for people. I've tried to make up for it. I've tried to stop all the things that I'm doing. I've I've tried to get off of this revolving cycle and, and I just can't do it anymore. I can't shake the depression. I can't shake the hurt. I can't shake the anxiety. I can't can't move past it. Well, today, I think we've discovered that God does what we can't do. My inability makes room for his ability to perform miracles. But the very first thing is I need him. I need Jesus. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's the hope of the world. And he does change our life. And so I want to pray for you. Maybe you're in this room today and you'd say right now, I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I need one. Maybe you're watching online. You're going, I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I, don't, and I need one. Today, there's no emotional shakedown. It's not a funny feeling. You don't have to wait on lightning to strike. You just have to make a decision. Just to say, Jesus, I'll begin a relationship with you today. And then I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for your hurts. I want to pray for your struggles and your anxieties and the burdens that this holiday season seems to highlight in our life. So Father, right now, for any person, anywhere within the sound of my voice would say, Jesus, I need a relationship with you. We've done life our own way and we just can't do it anymore tired of trying on my own. So today, Jesus, we give you room in our life to do whatever you want to do. We know we've sinned, we've messed up, we've fallen short. And so we ask your forgiveness to cover those things. And we thank you that you do. We receive that forgiveness today. Today, Jesus, we know our hope is in you. So we devote our life to you to be different from this point on as we follow after you. And for all of us who just struggle 
with just hurts, habits, and hangups in our life. For those of us who struggle with anxiety, Father, with the adjustments that we're walking in, God, our attitudes, our families, all of our struggles, our finances, our health, God, the list is long. But today, God, we know you're greater than all of those things. And so that we acknowledge that today, as we submit it to you, this is going to be a season like never before. God, you can do what we can. You are close. You are capable. And God, you are constant. And so we trust in that today. We give you all of our stuff today. You said to cast our cares on you. They're heavy to us, but they're light to you. And so we trust you with those today as we place them in your hands. Thank you for taking the burden and giving us freedom in exchange. We love you today, God. We honor you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Come on, church. Can we give him what he deserves? Can we honor the Lord together?